Hey everyone! In case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith? Stay true to biblical convictions? And how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Hello everyone! Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Real Christian Talk. Why is it so important for Christians to not just be thankful for the blessings that they have, but also for the hardships that they've endured? This is an important topic, one that I felt on my heart to cover for this time and this season. I'm going to begin by reading 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, which simply says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Man, give thanks in all circumstances. You know, the Bible tells us to give thanks not just one time of the year, but rather every day, every season, whether in good times or in bad times. And yet, despite the scriptures telling us over 100 times almost in the uh, New Testament and over 100 times in the Old Testament to have a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanks, let's be honest, sometimes in some seasons in our lives, it's easier to have that attitude than others. And when we go around the table and we list the things that we're grateful for and the things that we're thankful for, we usually will list things that, that are meaningful to us, things that bring delight and joy to our hearts, things like our family and our friends, our jobs, our health, our material blessings. And of course, we do give thanks to God and give thanks to Him for His Son, Jesus Christ. But do we give thanks to God around the table for the hardships, for the losses, for the trials, for the tests on our faith? We should, because it's those very things that God often uses to help bring about the greatest blessings in our lives. I recently read a study that I thought was very thought-provoking. In the study, it talked about how uh, people that that recount the, the things that they're thankful for, well, they have a better outlook on life. They have a better positive uh, attitude than those who choose not to. It's a simple no-brainer. When we take stock of all that God has done in our lives, we tend to have a better outlook on all that we have. And yet, Again, it is going through those difficult times that often produce the greatest outpouring of blessing in our lives. But we don't often see it that way, and we should. For me personally, 2021 has been an incredible year, a year of blessing in my life, a year of opportunities. And yet, as I've been reflecting on the goodness of God in my life, I've also been reminded of the goodness of God, not just in a time like this in my life where I've been so blessed Uh, with so many things and meaningful relationships and, of course, my family and and, uh, ministry and opportunities that have come this year. You know, it's easy to see the goodness of God in those things. But I've also been reflecting recently on how I've seen the goodness of God in my life over the last decade. Even though the last decade was quite a whirlwind of struggle, of trial, and of challenge in my family, in my ministry, and in my own faith. And yet, it's going through all those experiences that while in the middle of, I certainly did not see it as a blessing, I have now come to recognize and realize, wow, God is good. And he's not just good some of the time, 
He's not just good when things feel good. He's not just good when things look good. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. And that's the attitude that believers in Christ are supposed to have. But it's easier to have that attitude during some times in our lives than in others. And yet, if we truly recognize storms and trials as opportunities for growth, and really as a setup for blessing, well then perhaps our perspective on those things would change. You know, when you look throughout Scripture, tests often lead to testimonies. If we do not go through tests to our faith, well then we will lose out on opportunities to grow in our faith. And if we are unwilling to endure challenge and hardship, well then we'll be forfeiting and surrendering and giving up the rights to experiencing the privilege, the victories, and the blessings that can come with going through those difficult challenges and trials. That's what the Israelites experienced. If you look in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, well, they were set up for blessing. God had promised them that they were going to have this promised land. He said that to Abraham and then, you know, to Moses, he told the Israelites that after bondage in Egypt, they were going to be delivered and get to go to the promised land, a, a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, when Joshua and the Israelites and and Moses were finally there, Moses had 13 spies go check out the land that was ahead of them just to try and size up what kind of struggles and trials and challenges lay ahead. Well, 13 spies went. 13 spies came back and they had two bits of news. The first was, man, that land sure is flowing with milk and honey. But the other piece of news was, but it's also got these very large people and heavily fortified cities and major challenges ahead. And well, we just can't possibly overcome those things. And so the Israelites had a lack of faith, a distrust in God. And as a result, that entire generation lived and died in the wilderness. They were never able to experience the promised land that God had wanted them to have because they were unwilling to face hardship. They were unwilling to face scary and intimidating giants and challenges. They were unwilling to trust that the God who is and has always been would see them through those challenges. You see, when we shrink back from challenges and trials, what we're really saying is, God, we don't think you're powerful enough. We don't trust you to see us through. We're really reflecting and projecting our own lack of faith When we see trials and we see hardships and we shrink back and we decide we're not willing to step out in faith, we're not willing to trust God to see us through. And when we do that, well, it's a sad shame because who knows what could have been? Who knows what blessings have been forfeited? What opportunities have been uh, not taken advantage of and missed out on? What, What incredible outpouring of goodness in your life that you could have experienced, that you wonder why you didn't get to have. And the truth is because you were not willing to step out in faith and trust God. Sadly, I believe that's the tale for many Christians. And I sure hope I'm not going to be one of those. I don't want to live my life and have regrets. I don't want to look back and wish that I had been willing to trust God to do what is impossible in my own life. Because then I'm going to miss out on experiencing the opportunities and the blessings that I know God would want to do. Tests lead to testimonies. Just ask Joseph in the Bible who was sold 
into slavery and emerged out of there as the second in command of all of Egypt, who was strategically positioned at that time at the right place at the right time so that he would be able to deliver not just Egypt but the world and his own family from a deadly famine that was coming, as well as play a role in setting up his people to, to one day be able to take over the land of Canaan as God had promised. Yet all those things would not have happened the way that they had happened through Joseph had Joseph not been sold into slavery by his brothers, had he not been imprisoned for uh, a false accusation of sexual assault. If all those things had not happened, well, then Joseph would not have ended up where he ended up. Now, I am sure if you and I were to catch up with Joseph when he was in that jail cell where he was suffering in prison for several years for refusing sexual temptation, well, I'm sure he would have some strong words for us about how he felt, and I'm sure he had many strong words for God, wondering where God was, wondering why God had turned his back on him, why God had forgotten his promise to him, had forgotten his dreams that he had given Joseph, dreams of destiny. And yet the reality is Joseph eventually could look back and realize that those times in prison, those times in slavery were the very uh, formative years that led to him being able to fulfill his destiny, that led to him being able to see his dreams from God come true. We see in Psalm 136, when the psalmist recounts all the ways in which God had delivered the Israelites, all the enemies he had delivered them from and through. Again, all as a testimony to God's enduring love for his people. Yes, you heard that right. When you go through trials, you actually get to see God's love. Now, that's not usually how it works in our thinking and our theology. Too often we think, well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't let me go through these things. He wouldn't let me lose my job. He wouldn't let me lose my health. He wouldn't let me lose my loved ones. And I wish, of course, that that were how it worked. But actually, when we go through these things, when we suffer the loss of these things, because we live in a fallen world and God, yes, does permit suffering, we, sin we tend to think that God must not love us, and yet it is God's love for us that sustains us, and it is God's love for us that will see us through those tough times, and it is God's love for us that will watch him orchestrate and use the very horrible, difficult, ugly, evil things that we go through in this life and turn them around and use them for glory, for beauty, for majesty, for goodness, for triumph. Our defeats can set us up for our greatest triumphs. The battles we face can set us up for the greatest victories. And insurmountable challenges and circumstances are opportunities for us to learn to rely on God wholeheartedly. It's hard to see that when you're in the middle of a storm. But when you come out of that storm, you can look back as Joseph did and recognize the hand of God was there all along. Yes, the hand of God is there. Yes, God does love us. And yes, he is faithful. I remember one time I was, I was uh, you know, uh, seized with a, a, an amazing revelation of how that works. I remember one time uh, we had visited with some family and, and, and all of a sudden there was a really torrential downpour, a, a major storm. And it was probably one of the ugliest days I've ever seen in my life. And then about midway through the day, all of a sudden that storm system cleared out. And it cleared out and it was a cloudless, gorgeous day. And, and I remember going for a walk around this lake after all that. And, and all of a sudden, as I was complaining to God and, and venting to him about the things I was going through in my personal life and walk, frustrated it at all that was going wrong and all that was going on, I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and encouraged me and reminded me, do you remember what this day looked like in the beginning of it? 
Do you remember how ugly it was? Do you remember how dark it was? Do you remember how discouraging it was? And yet now you wouldn't even recognize that there was the same day that turned into a gorgeous, cloudless, sunny, beautiful day. And God spoke to my heart and told me that is exactly how I work. That is what I do through trials. That is what I do through difficulties. I work all things together for the good, the Bible says. All things, not some things, not uh, you know some pleasant things or a few impleasant things. Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And that really stuck with me that day. But of course, there's a couple of things to unpack from Romans 8.28 that are important. Romans 8.28 makes it very clear that God's going to work all things together for good. But it also makes clear that that promise only applies to those who've been called according to his purpose, those who love him, those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Second of all, the good that God works is not just a fortunate outcome for a situation or for things to play out the way that we want them to. No, actually, it's to make you and I more like Jesus Christ. And the reality is there is nothing like difficulty, nothing like hardship, nothing like trials to accomplish that work. Boy, it'd be nice and be easy if we just come to faith in Christ or we come to the altar, we have some moment, we have some some prayer time and, and we're zapped by the Holy Spirit and suddenly you and I think, speak and act like Jesus and, and we've got a down pat. But the reality is that's not how it works. No, God uses trials. He uses pressures. He uses tests. And he does so for a few reasons. There's a few reasons why it has to be this way. For one thing, one time the Bible tells us that a godly man, a godly king named Hezekiah, well, he experienced a time where God withdrew evidence of his presence and the scripture specifically says he did so to see what was in his heart. You see, there is nothing like trial, nothing like pressure to show us who we really are, to show us where we really are in light of where God wants us to be. And yes, he uses those tests, he uses those trials to accomplish the very work that is necessary, as James chapter 1 says, so that we can be steadfast and mature, complete, not lacking anything in our faith. That's why James 1 says that we should have joy when we face trials of many kinds, because it is the, the very mechanism by which we are able to grow, by which we're able to mature in our faith by which we're able to be complete in our faith. We're also told in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, that, well, that through suffering comes endurance, and endurance then produces character, and then character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, Romans 5 says, because God has poured out his, his love into our hearts through his Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, you and I are meant to go the 15-round knockout fight like Rocky Balboa. God is looking for us, for you and I, to be able in faith to go the 15 rounds, to, to, to go the distance, to go the distance of trial, tests, setbacks, yes, shortcomings, even mistakes and failures, to get back up by the grace and by the power that's perfected on our weakness so that we'll be able to endure to the end, to run, the, to, to run uh, the race, to win the prize that God has called us to heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yes, God has called us to endure because it's only when we endure that he is able to produce the kind of Christ-like character that he is working to see developed in each one of us. God wants you and I to be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. And yes, the Bible says it's often through enduring trials and difficulties that he is most able to accomplish that. 
In fact, that's why Hebrews Hebrews chapter 13, no, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Before that, Hebrews 10 says for us to not throw away our confidence. You know, it's easy for us, particularly in the kind of culture in which we live, where we are very impatient, where we are not willing or wanting to experience anything of discomfort, anything of, of pain. Who likes to go through pain? Who likes to go through suffering? Who who wants to see God turn a trial into a, into a setup instantly? Uh, all of us do, of course, naturally. And yet the scriptures implore us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. You know, in my own times of testing and trial in life, that passage of scripture really meant a lot to me because it tells me a few things. One, it tells me that when I suffer and I go through difficult times, it's because God is allowing it to happen. You know, in the story of Job, the man who is known in the Bible as the man of, of suffering, the, the the deep philosophical questions of why God lets bad things happen or why God lets righteous men suffer and, and, and go through hard times. Well, the book of Job is all about that. And and Job and his friends, you see they're, they're back and forth. Well, you must have done something, Job's friends say. You must have done something because they still have it in their mentality that karma is truly the, the theology of the day. And yet the Bible says that the the righteous and the unrighteous experience reign. It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. We all go through trial and tribulation. Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. It's not a you might have, you will have tribulation. Suffering's a part of life for Christians and non-Christians alike. However, for the child of God, what assurance we do have, we can see in the opening chapters of the book of Job, where Satan had to ask God's permission to afflict Job's life with different trials. And each time that Satan comes to God uh, asking permission to go ahead and afflict Job's life, God always set the limits on what was uh, permittable and what was not permittable. And so that gives me some assurance, and that should give you some assurance, that our Father and our, our, our God who is good and who loves us, well, he ultimately is in control. When we say God is in control, well, it's not just a fancy uh, cliche. It's not just a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not just the anthem of a song or a bumper sticker or a meme to share on social media. No, it's the anthem of our hearts because the Bible constantly and consistently attests to the uh, biblical and theological reality that God is sovereign over all things. God is ultimately in control. And he is sovereign over our lives. He is sovereign over every every government, every ruler, every emperor. And he is sovereign over every trial that the enemy or that life brings upon us. And so when I go through things, I know God is allowing it and he's allowing it for a purpose and for a reason. And as difficult as that is, that does give all of us, it should anyway, some assurance. Um, but that scripture also tells me that we can entrust our souls. We can entrust. It's more than just trust. It's we can literally willingly hand over to God our lives, our hurts, our pains, our losses, our shortcomings, all those things. And we can give it to him knowing that he is faithful. He is faithful and he is good. And he will always see us through. In Psalm 54, King David, the man after God's own heart, wrote that you have delivered me from every trial and my eyes have looked on triumph over my enemies. Any true believer will be able to look back on their lives and testify to the same thing, to the same biblical and theological reality. 
which is that God is faithful and he has seen you through each and every trial and trouble you've ever faced. It's not that you and I will be exempt from dealing with those things. It's not that we won't go through trials. It's not that we won't go through tests. It's not that we won't suffer loss or we won't have health challenges or problems. It's not that Christians don't die. It's that God is ultimately faithful to see us through those things. He will be with us through those things. He will not let the the river sweep over us. He will not let us be burned through the fire. Isaiah 43 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine, and I will walk with you through those things. I will be there with you through those things. That's the message of Isaiah 43. So yes, he is faithful. And notice Peter admonishes us to continue doing good, to continue to love God, to continue to worship him, to continue to serve him, to continue to trust him. And yes, I believe it especially brings delight to the heart of God when we do those things out of pain. When we do those things, when we're in seasons of adversity and of loss and of challenge, where we have no natural reason to praise God, no natural motivation in and of ourselves, when we take stock of how we feel and how things look to give glory and praise to God. And yet it is those sacrifices of praise, it is that worship that I truly believe brings delight and joy to the heart of God. And the other reason, ultimately, aside from God using our tests and, and, our, and our trials to see where our hearts are at, to, to perf- uh, perfect our character, to lead us to become more like Christ, is ultimately for us to get closer to him, for us to get closer to God. In 2 Corinthians 1, the Apostle Paul spoke of how the apostles had suffered things that were beyond description, that they had had burdens that they could not handle, that they could not bear. You know, there's some myth out there that the Bible says that God's not going to allow you and I to to have things that we can't handle. And that couldn't be further from the biblical truth. You see, quite the opposite of anything the scriptures repeatedly tell us, that God is going to allow us to deal with things that are beyond our ability to endure specifically and intentionally so that we would learn to wholeheartedly rely on God, to give us strength, to give us hope, and yes, to raise the dead, as Paul says, to bring us up out of those times and out of those seasons. And he is always faithful to do those things, and he will in the end. And so that's why we can give thanks in all circumstances, For this is indeed God's will for us in Christ Jesus. We can give thanks first and foremost because as Paul says in Philippians 4 verses uh, 6 and 7, we are to rejoice in the Lord always. We're to rejoice in him. You know, the letter of Philippians, Paul mentions the word joy about seven times. And he wrote that when he was basically under house arrest. This is the guy who's going to be beheaded one day for Jesus. And he's talking about joy. How on the world, how in the world could he be talking about joy? Well, because he said, rejoice in the Lord. When our joy is in God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can give thanks in all circumstances because God has blessed us, because God has shown his love, his goodness, his mercy, and his faithfulness to us every day 
including the tough days, including the days when it, when it rains, it pours, including the days when, when, when it seems as if everything is targeting you, when it seems like Satan has marshaled all the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms to come after you. Yes, in those days, God is good. In those days, God is faithful. And yes, God will see you through. We can give thanks in all circumstances because God uses all circumstances, including the very difficult ones, to accomplish a greater work in us than we could possibly imagine. And yes, he always will see us through to the other side to where we will eventually be able to see the hand of God and how he took what the enemy meant for evil and turned it around to use for good. Even if we may not totally see that on this side of eternity, one day we will. I recall as I get ready to wrap this episode up, a conversation I had once with a pastor who told me of how he went through a very difficult season in his life, a difficult time, a period of trial unlike any that I've ever seen or experienced with another pastor. And he told me that he had he had led a church for several years and then Within a year or so, he lost his wife. He's lost his wife to terminal disease. And he got kicked out of his church. He lost his ministry. And and he told me that when he was going through that deep valley of so much loss, so much hurt, so much pain, so much trial, he had gotten together with a mentor friend of his who was there to offer him counsel. And that mentor friend said to him, Man, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm jealous because you're going through a valley where you are going to get so much closer to God, where you're going to get so much more intimate in your relationship with Jesus, where you're going to grow in your character and in your faith. And yes, one day you will be able to have such an amazing, powerful testimony to the goodness and faithfulness of God. And the Lord was faithful to that man and he brought him out of that season and he today leads an incredible ministry. So what is our attitude towards the hard things, towards the trials, towards the difficulties, towards the losses, towards the challenges, towards the valleys we go through in life? Let us remember what Psalm 23 tells us. In the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God is with us in the valleys. Because it's only when we've gone through the valleys that we can truly appreciate the mountaintops that come out of those valleys. Yes, God uses those hard things to bring about the best things in us and for us in our lives. So this time of year, yes, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful to God for all the many blessings that he has given us. But let's not just be thankful for those things that are easy to appreciate. Let's also be thankful for how God saw us through, for how God is going to use even the hardest things we go through in life to bring about the greatest things in our lives. And ultimately, the greatest thing that God is working to bring about in you is making you more like Jesus. May the Lord bless you this time of year. And I close this episode by encouraging you, as I always do, from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. May you stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.